When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Joe and Amber, the podcast. I want you to close your eyes for a second, but if you're driving, absolutely do not close your eyes. Keep your eyes open. Focus on the road. You're with us in spirit. But if you're just listening and you're in a position where you can close your eyes, I want you to close them. And I want you to think about how exactly one month from right now, you will be just a small handful of minutes away from the first professional football game of the season that actually counts. Kansas City Chiefs, six and a half point favorites over the Detroit Lions one month from today, Thursday, September 7th. He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We are one month out, Myron. Training camps are in full swing. We got injuries. We got fantasy drafts coming up. We got all that good stuff. But ultimately, one month from tonight, Dan Campbell and his Detroit Lions are going to go into Arrowhead Stadium and they're going to try to do something nobody has been able to do in the Patrick Mahomes era. And that's beat Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs in week one. Let me run something by you. This will be the sixth year in Kansas City that Mahomes is the full-time starter. In the previous five years in week one, the Chiefs are 5-0 straight up. They're 4-1 against the spread. They're averaging 38 points per game. They've never scored fewer than 33 points in any of those Week 1 matchups, and they are beating the opposition by an average of 13 points per game. Mm. That is what Dan Campbell, Jared Goff, and the Lions are going to face Week 1 at Arrowhead one month from tonight. Six and a half. So, so are the books just giving out money? Is that, is that the goal? Because you're taking Kansas City all day, right? Like there's no Kansas world City to minus be. seven. It's actually come down a little bit, believe it or not. Kansas City covers. I know Joe is the gambling expert. Kansas City will cover, okay? Because at the end of the day, what we're not factoring in all this is that the Lions finally have a target on their back. They didn't have that before. Dan Campbell a couple years ago was the interesting, quirky coach, and people kind of believed in him just based on his persona. Last year, they made vast improvements. I mean, that run at the end of the season was one of the more incredible finishes to a season that we've seen, which is why people are calling them a contender in their division. But you got to go into the season without anyone really thinking that you'd be a contender or a factor. You were on hard knocks. And now here you are. You're going to go to Arrowhead. And the anticipation is that maybe you're a team that's good enough to get to the NFC Championship. That's too rich for me. But that is the attention and scrutiny they're getting. It feels like Kansas City wins big there. They've been in this position too many times before. And this is new for Dan Campbell and the Lions. So here's what's interesting about the Lions. Small sample size, obviously, because Dan Campbell's been in charge only for two years. In year one, they started really slow. 0-10-1 out of the gate before they notched a couple wins late in the year. It's okay. It's a rebuild. He was taking over a bad team. We get it. Year two, last year, they finished with nine wins. They started 1-6. They have been really slow out of the gate two years in a row. Now, again, maybe year one, it was a bad team that got a little bit better. And then last year, year two, they stumble a little bit, and then they find their way. But that is absolutely something to keep in mind going into Arrowhead because a big problem for the Lions last year, defense. 
28th in scoring defense, dead last in opponent yards per play. They spent a decent amount of money and resources upgrading the defense last year, or this offseason, I should say, trying to get them ready for this season. I still don't know how formidable that unit's going to be on the road at Arrowhead in week one because when you don't have the benefit of the crowd noise from inside the dome to have that extra fraction of a second jump on the opposing offensive line of scrimmage, you're, you're really playing on your heels, especially against Mahomes yeah. and company. Well, and I think, too, the biggest challenge for anybody in the NFL is just how incredible these coaches are breaking down film and being prepared for someone that may have been, had a standout season a year ago. And I think Jared Goff is in that spot. Surprised a lot of people last year with the way that he played. Obviously, he's had an up-and-down career. They're going to be ready for everything that he brings, I think, this season. And there's so much pressure on him because so much rides on Jared Goff. All of this buzz about what the Lions can do in a weak NFC, one of the weaker NFCs we've seen in recent years, that demands that this guy puts together back-to-back consistent seasons. He's been he struggled to do that in his career. So there's pressure on the Lions, Joe, and that's not something they've experienced under Dan Campbell, whereas Kansas City has been the master of pressure throughout this run under Patrick Mahomes. Here's Dan Campbell, Lions head coach, when talking recently in a presser about the expectations the Lions are facing this season. Do you feel the weight of responsibility now that now that you got them all cranked up, they're all coming? No, I don't feel weight. I feel wind underneath my freaking wings, man. <laughs> That's what I feel. Truthfully? Truthfully. It uplifts you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love this, man. This is outstanding. I love our fans. I love that, man, they feel it like we feel it. And uh, no, this is not a burden. This is not pressure. This is not weight. This is, man, this gives me inspiration is what it does for me. Pressure is a privilege, as they say, and you can see why the team and the players have bought into Campbell. He's one of those quintessential players coaches, right? Like the guy who yeah. comes out, he gets you to willing to run a brick wall, willing to run through a brick wall for him in order to go out there and get the job done. Yeah, except the problem is, too, you, which is nice. you can run through that brick wall <laughs> with the wind beneath your wings and you still got to deal with Patrick Mahomes, right? <laughs> so that's the problem. You, you run through the brick wall and all of a sudden the Super Bowl champs are still waiting there like, are you guys going to play a game or what, what are we doing here? So uh, that's still the part that they got to figure out. Uh, with the Lions next season. It's like that scene in The Dark Knight when the Joker tells uh, Gamble's guys he's going to have tryouts and he breaks the pool stick and he just goes, make it quick. (laughs) Yes, yes, 100%. Make it quick, Detroit. Uh, Campbell's saying all the right things publicly. I mean, behind closed doors, you got to imagine when the schedule comes out and you're sitting there and you're like, all right, this is the year. Revenge for last season. We're going to the playoffs. Who do we start with? At Kansas City, Thursday night, week one, when the banners go up. That's literally, literally the worst draw you can possibly. There's not a worse draw than that. I mean, you take anything. Now, elsewhere, Chief Savored to win the AFC West. Sean Payton, head coach of the Denver Broncos, who's already making waves of his own by calling out Nathaniel Hackett, former Bronco head coach, putting him under the bus a week ago regarding what went wrong in Denver last season. He had this to say about Russell Wilson and what we're going to see Friday night in the Broncos' first preseason game. I haven't shelled it out yet, but they're going to play. We'll we'll figure out how many snaps. Um, You know, we typically break a game into three phases, first, second, third phase, and then special teams, we might just do two phases, but we'll have a plan. And that would include Russell, right? Yeah, that would include he's a player. So there you go. Russell Wilson going to see some burn. We didn't see Aaron Rodgers 
and we didn't see Deshaun Watson in the first preseason game for their respective teams. But again, that was the Hall of Fame game. You get the one extra game there. Here's a scenario where we are going to see Russell Wilson, new offense, new head coach, probably got to get those reps, don't you think? Yeah, and let's be honest. Sean Payton doesn't know what he has. He doesn't know if he has a quarterback who made a bad transition to a new team in a new system with a bad coach or a guy who's lost it, man. I covered Donovan McNabb 2011 when he came to Minnesota, and I remember watching him like his first couple of plays that he couldn't throw. Like you could just see like he just wasn't that dude anymore. And I think if you're Sean Payton, this is about seeing what you have in Russell Wilson, Russell getting more and more confidence back that he lost from last year. So there's a lot he just doesn't know at this point. So I think this is a good situation for both guys to get Russell out there to get a few reps. I think they're primed for a bounce back this season. I like the defense. I think there's enough weapons there. I don't think Peyton takes that job unless he feels Russell Wilson can reach another level based on what we saw last season. Because if he's watching tape and he thinks Wilson's washed with all the opportunity out there for Sean Peyton, why would he take Denver? One more I want to throw your way. NFL MVP from 2016, Matt Ryan, former Falcon, former Colt, had this to say on the Adam Schefter podcast regarding Colts running back Jonathan Taylor and how he thinks that drama is going to play out in Indianapolis. I think he plays at some point knowing him as, as a teammate. Like the, the thing about it is he's one of the nicest people, like the nicest guys you'll ever meet. He's one of the best teammates, unselfish, hard worker, all of those things, but is in that window where it's his turn. It's his turn to get paid. I know Chris Ballard. I know Jim Irsay. They'll, they'll do their best to try and, you know, make it right. I'm not sure if both sides can come to that that place where it makes sense for both of them. But my guess is that he kind of plays the season out and then we'll see where it goes from there. So what do you think about this? Are we eventually going to let bygones be bygones, find a way to move on, Taylor plays and everyone goes along honky-dory, or is this going to get worse before it gets better? Yeah, I just think if you're Jonathan Taylor and you reach out to Saquon and you reach out to Dalvin Cook and you reach out to all these guys who are some of the best at your position and say, how's it worked out for you? I think the response he'll get is like, man, you're kind of stuck um, in this spot. It stinks that he has to deal with that from an owner to make the comments that he made. So I do think there will be some bad blood. But if you're Jonathan Taylor, your only chance to get paid next season, next offseason, is to come out and play well again, right? So you've got to get out there. It only hurts you if you decide not to play, especially at that position, considering what's happened. Speaking of playing well, that was Trevor Lawrence and the Jaguars last season. Can they... And by they, I mean the Jags and specifically Trevor Lawrence, move into that next tier as an elite quarterback in the NFL. We're going to discuss that next as our two-a-days continue with Jacksonville. He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is ESPN Radio. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, 
Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation Two-A-Days. Time is here! On ESPN Radio. The Jacksonville Jaguars. Blue 58! Go! This is Mike DiRocco covering the Jaguars. The Jaguars were pretty good offensively in 2022, finishing 10th in yards and scoring. But head coach Doug Peterson wants to average a touchdown more per game in 2023. Christian Kirk and Zay Jones had career years, and now the Jaguars have a potential number one receiver in Calvin Ridley. Evan Ingram is also coming off a career year, and second-round pick Brenton Strange gives them a second-pass-catching option at tight end. Third-round pick Tank Bigsby will help the team's short yardage struggles and share the workload with Travis Etienne. With Trevor Lawrence's continued development, the pieces are in place for a top-five offense. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. What a story they were last year, just one year after the one of the worst coaching seasons in history under Urban Meyer. The Jags bring in Super Bowl winner Doug Peterson. They go 9-8. and eight. They win a wild card playoff game, one of the wildest we've ever seen, trailing 27 nothing with less than 30 seconds to go in the half. The Jags come back to win the game 31-30 over the Los Angeles Chargers. They lose the following week at Arrowhead against the Chiefs in the divisional round. No shame in that. That happens to pretty much everybody every single year. So here we go. Jags 25-1 to win the Super Bowl this year. 13-1 to to win the AFC. Sizable. Odds-on favorites to win the AFC South at a price of minus 175. In the divisional order per Las Vegas, it's Jacksonville, Tennessee, Indianapolis and Houston win total of 10. So if you bet the over, Jacksonville's got to win 11 games for you to cash that ticket. Myron, we saw them take a big step forward last year under Doug Peterson. Trevor Lawrence took a big step forward as a quarterback. Some like him as a potential MVP candidate this year. His odds are 16 to 1, which is right around where Lamar Jackson is. What do you think year three holds for Lawrence and year two for the Jaguars under Peterson? Well, I think you'll see more improvement. Um, you talked about the Lions and their slow start. I mean, the Jags start 3-7 and seven last year, and that run included six losses in a seven-game stretch. And you can't just sort of say, oh, Trevor Lawrence is playing well. It was everybody else. No, he looked bad against the Commanders, lost to the Texans, uh, lost to the Colts, lost to the Broncos. So uh, he had a lot to figure out. But once he did, you could see that number one draft pick, and then he was able to lead them down the stretch. So I think the comeback gave them a lot of confidence. And they were still in it with Kansas City. You know, I mean, you go back and watch that game and a couple of plays go their way and they're in a good spot to maybe win that game. Now you bring on Calvin Ridley, if he can return to form. The good thing about Calvin Ridley is I don't think he makes or breaks that unit. Christian Kirk proved that to me he can be a long-term option at wide receiver Jay Jones. Zay Jones had an incredible season as well. So they have other targets beyond Calvin Ridley. You know what you're going to get from Travis Etienne. Uh, and they've added some depth at running back, depth at running back as well. Defense with 12th and scoring defense. So I, I, I just think this is a group that is coming together at the right time. And they should be everyone's sleeper, I would think, uh, to possibly make a run all the way. They're a fascinating team because what happened from year one to year two would surely give you confidence that they might be able to be that team that makes a lot more noise than expected in the playoffs. I was thinking all summer long that this was going to be everyone's super sexy sleeper pick because we get one of those every year and it seems like everyone lines up on the same team. The division sets up nicely. 
Indianapolis and Houston both have rookie head coaches and rookie quarterbacks. There's a lot to a lot of work to be done there, although I do know some guys who think Indy is a dark horse to win the division. Fair if Anthony Richardson picks the game up quickly. Tennessee, some issues at quarterback in the secondary on the offensive line. Mike Vrabel is an incredible head coach. Not sure if he has enough talent on that roster to compete with the Jags. The problem for the Jags is they're thin. They're good enough to win this division, and I see them doing it. But in terms of competing with the big boys, they didn't record a lot of sacks last year. I should say they recorded somewhere around like 42, but I think they lost 14-plus in free agency, and they didn't really replace them. They lost their starting right tackle to the Kansas City Chiefs. Their starting left tackle, Cam Robinson, is suspended for the first, I believe, four games of the season. So the offensive line's already thin. The defense is downgraded a bit. But you do have weapons for Trevor Lawrence, and he does look like the real deal at quarterback. So I see Jacksonville as a team, wins the division, gets into the playoffs, maybe wins one game, but I think they're like that year away from being year away team. I just think they're a little thin and they got to address the defense, but there's no understating what Doug Peterson has done for this team. If you are going to draft a franchise quarterback, you have to give that quarterback support on the field and off the field. He needs quality coaching, and he needs some weapons. The Bears are starting to figure that out with Justin Fields. The the Jags figured it out very quickly with Trevor Lawrence because that Urban Meyer year was a complete waste. It was. You know, again, it shows just what happens when you get a capable coach and how that can change everything. Uh, Just from a leadership perspective and not having to worry about some of the the off-the-field stuff that Urban Meyer brought to the table. I mean, one of their biggest challenges this year, though, was they spent $260 million last offseason. They kind of paid for it this offseason because they had to get rid of some of that depth that you're talking about on defense. But I think Trevor Lawrence, if you tell me that he's going to continue to get better and the guy who ended the season is the guy who starts this season, I think that's a top-12 quarterback in the NFL. And if that's the case... I think he'll be able to make up for some of the challenges they might have on defense. They had some shootouts last year, 40-34, I think, with Dallas. They gave up 27 points uh, and a win over Baltimore. But I think if you can play at that high level the way that Trevor Lawrence did, even if the defense has some gaps, you're going to make a way. Remember, Calvin Ridley, I think in 2020, had like 1,434 receiving yards. If he's 80% of that, along with Christian Kirk, Zay Jones, you're talking about, to me, Maybe the best unit outside of Seattle at that position. I'm looking at it right now. 143 targets, 90 receptions, 1,374 yards, 9 TDs. People forgot because of the suspension and everything else that happened with Calvin Ridley. People forgot, but he can play. Like the fact that Jacksonville made that move, you're right. If he's anywhere close to what he was in Atlanta for Trevor Lawrence, this offense is going to be able to score some points. You've got to be able to protect Lawrence, though. That's the key on the offense this year. Again, starting right tackle bolted for Kansas City. Starting left tackle suspended the first four games of the season. You've got to keep your quarterback upright or it's not going to matter big picture if he's on his back getting dinged up and you've got to turn to the second stringer to try to navigate through the AFC South. They're going to be a fun team to watch, though. As expected, the top two picks of the 2023 season are starting this preseason. What should we expect from them? He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortinball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. 
With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. A countdown to kickoff rolls on. 31 days until the NFL season begins. This is either an enormous success or a disaster. Relax. Continuing coverage. Take one, Barkley. Oh, my goodness. Camp to camp, team to team. The NFL lives here. ESPN Radio. He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Insurance for motorcycles, boats, and RVs for protection on the road and on the water. See how much you can save at 1-800-PROGRESSIVE and progressive.com. News out of the National Football League. It looks like this week when they take the field for their first preseason games, 
they will, in fact, take the field. Bryce Young, first overall pick in the draft, quarterback Carolina Panthers. He's expected to play in Carolina's first preseason game, as is C.J. Stroud, the number two overall pick in the draft out of Ohio State. Myron, let's start with Bryce Young. Here's what he had to say when asked about any challenges adjusting to the speed and pace of the professional ranks. I think really it's just their mindset of not taking plays off. Um, obviously, you know, right now, especially, you know, this is a new environment. There's a lot that's challenging for me that I'm just, just learning and trying to get better at. So it's not hard at all to find that for me uh, by any means. But even on the times where, you know, you may feel like you have something under control, still trying to find that extra gear and, you know, strive to reach that next level. We'll get a look at Bryce Young and the Panthers when they take the field for their first preseason game on Saturday, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 Eastern against of course, the New York Jets. Why couldn't they be involved in every single story that takes place this offseason? When it comes to Young and what we're looking at, year one in Carolina, Frank Reich is his head coach. He comes over from Indianapolis, previous stop in Philadelphia with Carson Wentz, under head coach Doug Peterson. They went on to win a Super Bowl. What are you expecting from Young this season? Do you think this is going to work out in year one, or do you think there are going to be some serious growing pains here? I think there'll be some growing pains. I mean, to me, it's probably the most difficult era for sort of undersized quarterbacks, right? It's never been more challenging. Uh, Defensive players have never been faster than they are now, more aggressive, smarter. So it's just difficult for a guy like him. We're talking about Kyler Murray and him trying to prove at some point that he's the guy who's worth all the money that he signed for. We've seen other quarterbacks in that position just get banged up. Uh, And I think that, to me, is going to be the biggest thing for Bryce Young. This ain't Alabama. Durability could be a challenge, uh, depending on how he is protected. But he also is dependent on a couple of veteran receivers to kind of make things easier for him. Adam Thielen hasn't had a 1,000-yard season since 2018. But when he's been healthy, he has been a pretty good receiver. Can he get back to form at age 33? That's a big question mark. DJ Chark is a guy who's had some success in the past in Jacksonville. I think he uh, had 502 receiving yards for Detroit last year. So is that a guy who can also ease the transition for Bryce Young as well? But he'll certainly have his growing pains in a league that is just not really built for the undersized quarterback. Are there some exceptions? Of course. But even the exceptional players have had difficulty in the NFL as it is today. Staying healthy is going to be a big, big question. Leading receiver in Carolina last year was DJ Moore. He, of course, was traded to the Chicago Bears in the deal that moved Carolina up to draft Bryce Young. Second leading receiver was running back Christian McCaffrey, who was traded away to the San Francisco 49ers. The leading receiver, if Terrace Marshall, 28 receptions. There you go, 28 receptions (laughs) with the top two gone. So it's going to take some time. I'll say this about Carolina. The win total is sitting around 7.5, and and you might say, man, with a rookie quarterback, new head coach, offense that might not have a lot of weapons, 7.5 is a pretty big number. Defensively, they should be pretty good this year. They should be pretty good. They have a talented defense in Carolina that might be able to keep them in some games. In addition to Young, D'Amico Ryans, Texans head coach, has announced that C.J. Stroud is going to start Houston's first preseason game. We're going to get a much quicker look at him than we do Young because he is scheduled to play Thursday night in New England against the Patriots at Gillette Stadium. Here's D'Amico Ryans on C.J. Stroud's progression so far through camp. Stroud's doing a great job, and he's improving, just like we asked all of our guys. When it comes to just development and what do you expect from training camp? What do I expect from camp? I expect everybody to be better than they were the day before. CJ, what I've seen is he's definitely made you know adjustments. He's getting the ball out quick. 
he's making the proper reads, and that's the first thing. We want him to just make the proper reads, and if one is open, deliver the ball. And he's doing that today, and that's how we want to operate efficiently. And it all starts with our coaching staff and the plan that they have, the plays that they that they design for him to run. It's making sure they're efficient plays, making sure everybody knows what to do, and he's been doing a good job. That is D'Amico Ryans, Texans head coach, speaking about C.J. Stroud, who will make the start for the Texans on Thursday night in their first preseason game against the Patriots. I don't know if there was a guy this entire past year, Myron, who did more for his own stock in one game than C.J. Stroud did in that semifinal matchup against Georgia. If you remember, Stroud was a guy who... Had a lot of upside. People were very excited about him coming into the season. He played well, but he didn't do anything against Michigan. And that was a big game for the Buckeyes. They came up short. There were questions about whether or not Stroud would be elite at the next level. And he got into that semifinal game against the best defense in the country, and he lit them up to the point where people thought TCU was actually going to have a chance against Georgia, only for Georgia's defense to completely lock down the Horned Frogs offense and show you just how damn good they are in the national championship game. That was a hell of a performance that put him skyrocketing up the boards for a lot of teams. Yeah, because I think going into that game, the idea was, okay, he has some tools. We know his size. uh, We know his pedigree. But I think in that game, it was like, here are the gifts. And I think that's what he's bringing to Houston. He's another guy who needs a veteran receiver to kind of go back in time a little bit in Robert Woods. Tank Dell is a name that people should be watching out for. The 5'10 receiver out of Houston. They've been a great connection between him and Stroud in camp. But, yes, C.J. Stroud has some gifts beyond some of the physical tools, and I think that to me is what you hope he can bring to Houston because what he did in that Georgia game against that Georgia defense was remarkable. The best defense in the game, the best team in college football. And you're already hearing him talk, Joe, like a guy who's ready for the moment. I think C.J. Stroud, to me, of all the rookie quarterbacks, is the most prepared to play right away. I think Bryce Young has the highest ceiling. I think Will Levis could be the biggest surprise. I think Anthony Richardson is the most freakish, but also as raw as anybody among those four. But I think C.J. Stroud is the guy, if I had to pick and i say, who's going to lead a team right now? I've got to pick one of those four quarterbacks. I'm picking C.J. Stroud every time. Stroud is going to need some time, not because I disagree with you. Houston doesn't have a lot to offer him in year one. They are not set up for success for a young quarterback. Defensively, they are not good. On the offensive line, they're a bottom 10 unit. At receiver, there's a lot of question marks. There's a lot of uncertainty. There's not a whole lot backing him up in year one. There is a lot of excitement about D'Amico Ryans. It felt like the offseason for Houston wasn't so much of a plan as to how they wanted to build as it was a, hey, we're just going to throw money at whoever might be interested in taking it and joining us, and that's how we're going to yeah. build this roster up. So it's there's a lot of question marks there. If Stroud doesn't play great in year one, I'm not necessarily going to duck him because I think that that roster needs a lot of work and that organization's really trying to grow. I think in Carolina, they've got to get some help on offense, some weapons, but there's going to be something there. The Anthony Richardson thing is what's interesting because you watch as much college football as I do. Like Richardson, freak athlete, ceiling is extraordinarily high, but floor is very low. Because as a passer, very raw, very unrefined, needs to learn how to work through his progressions, how to make reads and get the ball out quickly at the NFL level. Nothing wrong with that. But the Colts and some other teams were so enamored with his freakish athleticism, they said, hell, let's take a shot. It's worth swinging and missing if this guy could be generational. He might be getting the start in week one. That would be wild to see in Indy, considering how he played at Florida last year. 
Yeah, I mean, you move up to get a guy like that and, and you say he's one of the most gifted guys in that draft. I think you have to see what you have. Yeah. But, but there is an element to me of Anthony Richardson where it's like the dude at the pickup basketball game who can put the ball between his legs and dunk and then you put him in a real game and he's sort of lost. I mean, there isn't a great track record of guys who weren't pretty good football players in college who somehow blossom in the NFL and shock the world, right? There just aren't that many cases. And if you say Josh Allen, look at Josh Allen's junior season at Wyoming. Please stop making him the one guy that people point to and say, see, he wasn't that good. Yes, he was before that final year, okay? And he's not Josh Allen. I think Anthony Richardson has a lot to prove, man. If we're only saying tools, if we're only saying gifts, and not achievement attached to that, that is a great gamble by Indianapolis. The biggest gamble in the entire draft. you got to figure, if you're going to gamble, that was the organization to do it. Chris Ballard's been there a handful of years as the GM. They have swung and missed, and some things have not worked out in their favor. Carson Wentz was a swing and a miss. Phillip Rivers kind of worked for a year. Matt Ryan was a swing and a miss. They've been all over the place with the coaches. They're trying, they got the Jonathan Taylor issue. They built up an O-line. Then everyone screamed they didn't have weapons, so they went and got weapons, and the offensive line fell apart. And I think Ballard is a very bright, very bright mind. He, he comes from Kansas City. He did great things there. But ultimately, they, if, they, I think they realize they're close enough on the hot seat where it's time for one last swing. Go ahead and take that swing, and if it doesn't work, you were probably out the door anyway. If it does work, yeah. you're going to look like an absolute genius. I'm calling an audible for the last segment. I know we were going to talk some college football. We might get yeah. back to that. There's a story that developed today in Major League Baseball that's caught a lot of people's attention. There's a lot of commentary on this. I don't know if we have all the details, but it's very bizarre, and it's worth discussing. So we're going to do that next. He's Myron Metcalf. I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber, presented by Progressive Insurance here on ESPN Radio. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. Happy Monday. Welcome to the show. Alongside Myron Metcalf, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Bizarre story at a Major League Baseball today that's been making the rounds on social media. We wanted to bring it to you if you haven't heard of this yet. Baltimore Orioles announcer Kevin Brown has been suspended over a comment he made on a July 23rd. He made this on July 23rd during the team series against the Tampa Bay Rays. So this is a little while ago, a little over a week. Orioles playing the Rays. Kevin Brown makes a comment that gets him suspended. The thing is, the clip has made its way around today, and nobody can figure out what it is he said that got him suspended. He pointed out during the on-air broadcast on Masson, which is the Mid-Atlantic Sports Network, that the Orioles had won more games at Tampa Bay's Tropicana Field in 2023 than the last three years combined. The comment was obviously backed up in the July 23rd game notes, which were put together by the team's public relations staff. Quote, the Orioles have won three of their first five games at the Trop this season after winning three of the 21 games played in St. Petersburg from 2020 to 2022. That's what the game note said, and that's what Brown used on the broadcast. There was no opinion. He was just stating the facts. It was backed up by a graphic, and then they went on with the game. And apparently, Myron, Brown was suspended as a result of those comments, and no one can figure out why. You've got broadcasters all across the country coming to his defense for this. I'll be another one. Uh, I worked multiple (laughs) games with Kevin Brown. Uh, I was a Big Ten basketball sideline reporter. Kevin Brown was a play-by-play guy, multiple games, traveled together, meetings together. So I had a good chance to, to watch Kevin Brown up close. 
one of the professionals, the great professionals in our business, takes his job seriously, does an incredible job no matter what game he is commentating on. Um, So it's just impossible for me to believe that Kevin Brown did anything different than what he's always done, and that's taken a professional approach to doing his play-by-play duties. If you're the Orioles and you think that's too much, what are you doing? I mean, what message are you sending? It, it makes them look like they don't know how to handle success. You know, like all of a sudden, you want to just eliminate the past. But if you eliminate the past, how do you see the growth? That doesn't make any sense to me, especially with a guy like that. So Orioles, the Orioles deserve everything they're getting. All of the backlash is warranted. Because Kevin Brown, if that's the guy you're going to target, trust me, in this business, a lot of people know him, and that's the wrong dude. Because we all know that Kevin Brown is one of the best and the Orioles deserve all the criticism they're getting as a result. The reality is, was he really criticizing them? He was pointing out how this year has been that much better than previous years, which anyone who's even casually paid attention to baseball would understand, yeah, the Orioles stunk for a while. That's who you were. It's okay. Happens to a lot of teams. But this year, you're one of the best stories in baseball. They're currently a 70-win baseball team. 70 and 42. There's one other team in baseball that's reached 70 wins. That's Atlanta the favorites to win the World Series. The Orioles are three up on the Rays, seven and a half on the Blue Jays, 12 on the Yanks, and 12 and a half on the Red Sox. This is a phenomenal season. All the young talent they've been stockpiling, it's all coming home now. It's all coming home to roost. Every the, the, the team's been playing great, and somehow this gets them, and I still don't even think it was that critical. You're pointing out that the team isn't that team from the past, that how bad they had been the last few years, not this year. You've already won as many games here as you have the previous three years. It's just shocking. Some feel that it's just a cheap organization that really doesn't want any criticism whatsoever. I mean, if that's what you get upset about, if that's what you call criticism, yeah. think about what could end up happening if we get to I, – I, I shudder to think. I shudder to think if you get to the playoffs <laughs> and get beat. I mean, what happens next? That's just yeah. – and there's a lot about, of people – I don't know Kevin like you do, but a lot yeah. of professional broadcasters have come out and said the same thing. If the Orioles don't want him, there might be 29 other teams <laughs> that are interested in signing him up. He's that good. Yeah, they're not, they're not going to win this one. And if this is criticism to you, how about you call the Mets – Call the Yankees. <laughs> Call the Padres. Call anybody other Call than the Yankees. Orioles, they're in the your Orioles, division. Yeah. The, Orioles the Yanks are no getting criticism. crushed nightly. Yeah, it's been all praise. Here's what's going to happen in this situation, though, because it always happens, Joe. We're going to find out who made the decision. We don't know that yet. We're going to find out who decided that this move should be made, if, in fact, this is what happened with Kevin Brown. And once that comes out, that person's going to have to answer some questions because is this about you saying that you don't want them to reveal the past? We all saw it. We know what the Orioles were. We were there. We witnessed it. And yeah. the only way for you to get praise like you're receiving this year is by improving. And now we're all going, look at this team with all these young guys. They might be the team to beat now and into the future. I feel bad for the guys on the team because you just don't need this kind of controversy in a season right. like this. You don't need any extra drama when you're legitimately trying to chase a World Series championship. But here you are. Your franchise has placed you in this position unnecessarily by disciplining, it appears, one of the best guys in the business, beloved by everybody who's ever worked with him. And we saw the clip. There was nothing wrong with what he said. It's a terrible look for everybody involved. But we're going to find out who made the decision. 
I guarantee at some point soon. And that person has to answer some questions. It's a 59-second clip that's all over the internet. I've watched it in full two separate times. I watched it the first time, and I'm like, some idiot posted the wrong clip. This is not what got him suspended. Why would you post this? Like, fire whoever that is. Then I keep searching, and it's the same clip appearing everywhere, and I listen to it again. And I'm thinking to myself, what is it I'm missing here? Again, it's not opinion. It's someone that's just listing fact. And it wasn't like it was some diatribe where you were trying to drill home the point that this team stinks, they can't win, like a, an old school WFAN like yeah. rant from the you-know-who, right? Like the old yeah, days. Yeah. It's nothing like that. It's just, hey, here we are in Tampa. It's been a place that's been a struggle for the Orioles in the past. It's going better this year. Let me welcome in my broadcast partner. We're going to talk about the game. And you sit there and you think, I come across on network TV, not even cable, horrible yeah. way, things that are way worse than that <laughs> at every single turn. Any news yeah. channel I turn on is going to be way worse than that. Anything said by any leader in this country is going to be worse than that. Everywhere yeah. you look, you're going to – I have no idea where I can dissect this <laughs> to find something where I'm like, yeah, this is it. You're going to get suspended. I mean, they did lose those three games last year. Shouldn't have brought that up. Yeah, Dude, you made the best point. Like, talk to the Mets what it's been please. like in New York this year. Somebody call Artie Moreno, who didn't trade Shohei Otani. Ask him how life is right now. Ask him if he's dealing with anybody who's actually criticizing him. It's just Try being the commissioner life. of the Pac-12 right now. <laughs> Come on, man. Read the room, Orioles. Read the room, okay? There's a lot happening right now across sports. And this seemed innocent, man. And, and again, I'm glad people are rallying around Kevin Brown. Again, people have worked with him, and if you've worked with him, he is one of the best. He is a pro's pro, and he's a guy that everybody has enjoyed working with. He's never been anything but professional on every single broadcast I have ever been a part of. Kevin Brown is one of those guys who is always prepared, no matter what game we're doing, no matter who we're watching. Like, he's always prepared, and that was all he was doing. It's just a bad look for the Orioles, man, and, and – if you're on that team, I feel bad because the players don't deserve this. They should be able to focus on everything else. You're right. Well said. And if you're if you're calling baseball games, that's a challenge in and of itself. I have no idea how guys call college basketball games. Too many teams, too many players. It all changes every year. Like how you cover that sport, how he covers that sport. I don't know how you guys do it because college football is already enough. College hoops yeah. is like, I mean, it's yeah. next level. So if you're showing up professional and prepared for that, point out yeah. three games lost to the Tampa Bay Rays the previous year. It's like, that's enough. I'd love to know what that phone call sounded like. Uh, that's a story for another day. All right, coming up next, Freddie and Fitzsimmons with Q Myers and Emmett Golden. Those two are fantastic. You're going to love what they bring to the table. He's Myron Metcalf. He's always fantastic. I'm Joe Fornball. I'm just here because I'm contractually obligated. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This has been the Joe and Amber Podcast. You can listen to Joe and Amber live weeknights from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80, or on your smart speaker. Joe and Amber, the podcast.